This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, there's some good stuff coming in on the text line, so let's start there this hour in just a second. But later, we'll have Ben Mintz, not too much later, nine minutes, mixing it up with Mintz up in Shreveport every day. And Ben's becoming a regular on this program once a week. Also, Roger Gonzalez of CBS Sports is covering the Women's World Cup. 13-0. 13-0, the U.S. women blanking Thailand, a record-setting day over in France. We will recap that, plus a little sports libs and our moment of zen. That's going to be something we're going to play here in the opening segment. But a couple of texts to get to first, one from the 504. Can we get to number one and number two? from Memphis in a three-way trade. Talking about the Pelicans. Crazy, I know, but we need youth, not high-priced free agents. I wrote about that, actually, 504. I did. I said, I don't think it's... I think I did use the word probable. Now, I was being a little hyperbolic. I was a little excited. It's blog. I wasn't producing sources. <laughs> but I did say it was at least possible that that could actually happen in a three-way trade with Memphis. The Pelicans already have the number one pick. Would Memphis take a three-way deal such as with the Knicks, Knicks sending back the number three overall pick to the Memphis Grizzlies, with the Grizzlies sending the two to the Pelicans, and that means you get Zion and John Morant. Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, Now, the the further we get into these negotiations, the more we know. Maybe a lot less uh, probable than it was before. Also, text from the 985, 80 for Dennis Smith Jr. in the first pick and get RJ maybe even another pick too. That texter is talking about Dennis Smith Jr., the point guard for the New York Knicks, and R.J. Barrett, who the Knicks would almost assuredly draft at the number three spot that they have in the NBA draft. That is a highly, relatively likely trade. In other words, maybe it's option three or four behind the deals that we got to earlier with the Boston Celtics because David Griffin wants Jason Tatum. David Griffin wants to deal with the, the Boston Celtics who, in my mind, remain the front runner here, although slight front runner. We're talking Kevin Durant here earlier in the show, and we're coming, covering the game live yesterday. It was fascinating, but it was devastating to watch Kevin Durant go down with what we now know is a torn Achilles tendon in his right ankle it's it's just devastating that injury usually is a year plus recovery time right around a year um, recovery time that means Kevin Durant is going to miss almost assuredly the entire 2019-2020 season and he was going into unrestricted free agency possibly if he opted out of his deal I don't want to get into the weeds with that there's an option where he could opt into his deal and then become an unrestricted free agent again the following season that makes a lot of sense But this storyline and thoughts from fans that Kevin Durant is weak and soft has been silly. I've talked about it for years. It's it's made me a little angry, maybe the wrong word, but at least a little disturbed by fans who have just run with that for the past three years. Well, you know who's also had enough of that? Bob Myers, who is the Golden State Warriors general manager. And he got up to the podium yesterday after learning about the news of Kevin Durant's and seeing the injury, 
And you're going to want to listen to this, courtesy of Westwood One. This is as emotional as you'll see any general manager gets in one of these press conferences. Bob Myers, the Warriors general manager, talking about Kevin Durant. I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's tear-jerking stuff from Bob Myers. And yet players talking about, Warriors players talking about just how beloved Kevin Durant is behind the scenes. Maybe every Warrior thinks that except for Draymond Green. You always have those internal beefs when you're in an organization, whatever organization it is. But it shows you how loved Kevin Durant is. And this, because he made, yeah, it's a poor decision that a guy in his 20s, we we all make these kind of silly decisions, especially in the social media world. He had a burner account. Like we're turning the guy into some pariah because he had a burner account, and that's it. And because he wanted to go play for championships in Golden State and get away from Russell Westbrook. I mean, it, the, the the slandering of Kevin Durant over the last three years has just been insane to me. And I think it proved last night when he goes out there when he's he's injured. He was injured, and he goes out there and risks his health to try to play and win his team another title. It should tell you all you need to know about Kevin Durant. I mean, really, it should. Let's get to one call here on the phone lines at 504-260-1870. Mac in West Wego. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? I'm good, Mac. What's up? Uh, first thing about Kevin Durant, uh, you spot on about about him Um Always, even before he was an actual warrior, I looked at him as a warrior and, a, and one hell of a uh, basketball player. And uh, if anything, you know, people talking all this Kyrie, I'm, I'm sorry, Kawhi stuff. Man, when Kevin Durant was in there for them, uh, when he scored the 11 points that he scored, wasn't nobody stopping him. He got hit on that one shot that he did miss, that two-pointer that he did miss. He got hit, and um, they didn't call a foul. I didn't call anything. The guy is by far uh, the best basketball player right now on the planet, uh, with LeBron James being second. Kawhi is, is great, but he's not. He's still not as good as KD, and he's still not as good as LeBron. And all that crap about uh, him being as good as Michael Jordan, I, I wish people would stop with all of that. Now, you're talking about hyperbole. That's yeah. hyperbole. Yeah, I hear you, Mac, and it's great stuff. Uh, we got to get to a break because we have a guest coming up, but that's a great call. And I agree with you. I think Kevin Durant, when he was healthy, was the best player on the planet. I think Kawhi's up there. I got nothing against Kawhi. Kawhi's great. He's playing like the best player on the planet in these playoffs. LeBron's great. We know that. Giannis, we know now that he kind of fell, that didn't fall apart, but his team did in those Eastern Conference Finals. You're going to have to see that another season from the Greek freak. But you're talking about the best basketball player on the planet with a devastating injury like this in his prime. That's something that every basketball fan should just kind of cringe over. And I hope we've seen the end of the Kevin Durant hate. I sincerely hope that. Fans need to get over themselves a little bit here. Ben Mintz mixing it up with Mintz coming up next after this break. Welcome back to the show. A little cornucopia of topics, a little gumbo of topics here in hour number three. We've got World Cup coming up, College World Series. We're talking NBA Finals, little Pelicans, and nobody better to mix it up with 
than Ben Mintz, my buddy, who's the host of Mixing It Up with Mintz up in Shreveport every single day, 3 to 6 p.m. on 1071 The Ticket in Shreveport. And he's also on Twitter at Ben Mintz 531. And Ben actually, and you know what? I've, I, I might have actually called off sick a couple of years ago when Gonzaga made the national title. So I've been there, Ben, but you had, you had to call off the show when, <laughs> when Ole Miss was playing in that uh, uh, decider up in the, the Super Regionals, right? Yeah, I, boy, talk about feeling a little embarrassing to call off your radio show and then have your alma mater lose fourteen to one in a game you pretty that I all but turned off in about the fifth inning. I kind of felt bad for our listeners, but you know, Ole Miss being that close to Omaha, I was dreaming of an Ole Miss LSU Omaha matchup, and both Ole Miss and LSU fall to Florida State and Arkansas. So, uh, going to have to happen another year. But congrats to the Hogs. What a story they are under Dave Van Horn, losing six positional players and two pitchers to make it all the way back to Omaha after coming one out short of winning the national championship. you got to give them a lot of credit for resilience. Yeah, lots of teams to destiny. Isn't this – it's such an incredible sport. I mean, it really is, and it's evolved to that, Ben, I think, in the last 10 years or so. It's so intriguing. And, and you've got four SEC teams, half the field now in Omaha is SEC teams, and this battle between – and it's been a good one the last handful of years between the West Coast and the SEC. Last year it was the West Coast winning. This year it's the SEC, Ben, uh, back on top. Yeah, and also I just want to give a shout-out. What Auburn's done this year is amazing because you always think of Auburn at the football school if we ever thought of one, and they just made the Final Four and the College World Series in the same year with not really a lot of historic success in basketball or baseball aside when they had Charles Barkley and Bo Jackson and Frank Thomas. And so uh, that's just a phenomenal accomplishment to me, Seth. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Mike, what would you make – let's talk a little just a, but one smidge of LSU here. Uh, LSU not making the College World Series. I think Paul Maneri and all the players have talked about it before on the show would, would classify that as a disappointment with the preseason expectations. But what do you make of still the catcalls for Paul Maneri's job? I, I still, I mean, you, you, I, I still think it's ridiculous. I mean, you're talking about a season where the entire team got hurt. Uh, obviously, the potential of Cole Henry and Jaden Hill. With Landon Morso, those three freshmen, I mean, I know it's a huge if to say if they stay healthy, but if those guys can stay healthy, the rotation that LSU's going to have in 2020 and 2021, I just, you got you to let it be. I know they came up just short. Expectations were huge as the number two team in the country, but man, they, they were very, very close to Omaha in a year where everyone got hurt. I still think you got to give Maneri and them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, ben, I don't. I remember talked to you about uh, you know Kevin Durant as far as you know what what you thought of the move and his time with the Warriors and his persona. So we're kind of doing this ad lib on the air, uh, but but I thought that yesterday the injury should have silenced and should silence everybody who was saying you know he's soft, he only cares about himself. And you know, we're talking about the best player in the world, maybe you know getting injured in his prime. Um, What'd you make of what happened yesterday up in Toronto? I, I agree with what your point is saying because if he was soft, he wouldn't have come back for, for his team when they needed him in that game five, decisive game five when they're down three to one. I mean, we we knew when he got hurt, the injury looked bad four weeks ago on May the eighth. Those non-contact injuries are always tough in sports. I mean, it just whenever you see guys pulling a blame when they don't get touched, it's always tough. I think he proved everything about how much he loves his team. I mean, he looked good. He went three for three for three. Looked athletic. Was moving around well out there and. I just hate it for him, because I, but I do agree with your point. I mean, if he was soft, he wouldn't have come back out there, and it obviously meant a ton to him, and you just hate to see the price he, he and his team have to pay for this. So. Fans, Raptors fans cheering in mass the injury. What do you make of that? 
I think, in the, I mean, I obviously don't like it, but I think in the heat of the moment, they didn't realize what they were doing. I mean, I know that that's, you know, a little bit of a cop-out, but I don't think this is near on the level of the Eagles fans cheering when Michael Irvin was laying motionless on Veterans Stadium's turf. I don't like it, uh, but I think it's obviously classless, but I also think that it kind of just, I don't know, it just seemed like they didn't really realize what happened and they showed up pretty quick. I, I'm not saying that makes it right, but I'm just trying not to put it on the level of what the Eagles fans did. I feel you. It's Ben Mintz of mixing it up with Mintz up in Shreveport every day, three to six, joining us here on the last lap. What do you think happens here last two games of these finals? Obviously, no KD. Oh, man. Uh, Golden State's a three point favorite tomorrow night. I love for Golden State's dynasty that they get one last game at Oracle with them moving into that arena in San Fran. The thing with Golden State, though, I mean, they don't really seem to have that gear that we're used to them having. Uh, and they're just trying to gut these games out. And we saw them do it last night with Stephen Clay hitting his huge threes. I think Golden State's going to pull it out and force a game seven. I don't know if they're going to. I think they might run out of gas, though. I know they're really, really hurting with depth. Uh, I love that they were able to push it to game six just for fan entertainment. I mean, this is just an incredible finals to watch. I just don't know if they've got enough juice to win it in seven, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go against them in game six and Oracle in the last game ever either. You know, once the finals are over, it, the NBA world's going to kind of revolve around New Orleans, Ben. It's kind of cool with the, the Zion of the draft and the AD trade negotiations. Uh, do you have any favorite here? Hey, do you handicap the AD trade scenarios where you think it's going to end up? Mm, man, I, I, has anybody the, – the one that Fletcher Mackle proposed about the Ben Simmons I thought was interesting. I know that Philly may – that may not be truthfully an option, but that would be interesting to explore. And I know I sound petty, Seth, and this shouldn't matter because you've got to take the best deal, but I really don't want to see him go to the Lakers. I don't want LeBron and AD to be allowed to team up after all this behavior. And I know that makes me petty and selfish because you've got – if you're David Griffin, you have to take the best offer. I get it, but I really hope they ship him to the East, uh, truthfully. No, I'm with you. I don't think – well, first of all, we're, we're petty down here, right? And petty wars. Yeah. We, we, we embrace it. No, I'm, I'm, why, why would you want him to go to the Lakers? Let's get him on over to, the, to Boston or something and have a deal done there. Exactly. Yeah, I don't Exactly. Know. That's my thing. I don't want to – I just don't want to allow LeBron and AD and Rich Paul to orchestrate all this and end up getting to work together. Like, I, I just – I can't justify that. Well, no, I'm, I'm with you. There's no doubt about it. Look, I got to talk this week with you, and we'll probably do a little WSOP, a little update with you every single week here. Uh, Ben's a poker player, for those of you who uh, don't know. Kind of does that part-time slash full-time. Uh, I used to do it full-time a little bit, too. I, I'm just so far away from it now, Ben, that, that I'm so I'm so sucked in here in New Orleans. I feel so bad. Like, I feel so ashamed of my poker side. I'm not even I'm not really paying attention, but I think that the millionaire makers going on right now in, in Las Vegas, is that right? Yes, and actually, uh, a guy that I know pretty well was the Jim Josh Richard from Wisconsin was the chip leader with 30 people left. And in 2012, I won an $1,100 tournament World Series of Poker event at the IP in Biloxi that he got third in. And so I know him pretty well from then. He's a heck of a player, a really nice guy. And you know, for $1,500, he's battling for like $1.2 million. I wish him a lot of good luck. Good dude on the tour, for sure. No joke. Did you make any uh, bracelet bets? Who you think is going to have the most bracelets coming out of this? Uh, well, the thing with the bracelets is all about the mixed games because the no-limit hold'em fields have like four and 5,000 people, so they're really hard to win. So you always want to go against the guys like Negranu and – you know, the guys that are really good at all the games. Uh, my current theory on the World Series of Poker, also because I have a job, I actually just fly out for the main event every year. But I think it works because the main event is two-hour levels and it lasts like six, seven days. And I think a lot of these top pros lose their minds in the desert all summer in the heat. And by five, <laughs> six weeks in, the two-hour levels, they just freak out and they can't handle it. And so I think going in, you know, prepared for the grueling stretch and coming in fresh. I mean, it worked last year when I got 327th out of 7,800. I thought I, you know, made a heck of a run last year. And 
I'm applying the same theory this year. I'm going to let everybody burn out on all these preliminary events, and I'm going to show up in my mind right uh, for the marathon of the World Series Maine on July 5th. I'm with you. I really quickly, and I think I might have talked about this on your show, but if you had to make a bet, Negron or Helmuth, uh, who wins a bracelet this year? you got to pick one. Mm, I'm, I'm going to lean Negron you just because I think he's better at the mixed games, even though Helmuth has 16. And Helmuth got fifth, actually, in an online event. They have World Series of Poker online bracelet events now. And he got fifth out of like 3,000 and one last Sunday. That was his closest run. Uh, Negranu got sixth in a $10,000 hold'em event to start the series. But I'm going to go with Negranu just because I think he's better at all those mixed games than uh, Helmy Fizz. Even though I know that's gambling, Helmy Fizz 16 bracelets. But I'm going to go with Negranu. It's our buddy Ben Mintz. He hosts Mixing It Up with Mintz every single day up in Shreveport on 107.1 FM. The ticket, 3 to 6 p.m. there. You can catch him every day. And also you can catch him on Twitter at Ben Mintz 531. Uh, ben, buddy, always appreciate it, man. I know I'll be on your show tomorrow. And uh, hope, look, we'll do this every week. Thanks so much, dude. Heck yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Always a love New Orleans. And, uh, you know, remember the freaks come out at night. <laughs> there you go. You know that. All right, Ben. Uh, there you go. It's Ben Mintz 531 on Twitter. We'll take a break. Got to talk some Women's World Cup coming up next. 13 nil. U.S. women roll today. We've got some great sports coverage for you the next couple of days. Saints minicamp continuing out in Metairie. And Sports Talks is going to have live shows where you can come and meet Bobby A. Bear and Christian Garrick tomorrow. They're going to be in Mississippi from the new Rouses out in Gulfport. They'll be taking sports talk on the road to celebrate the love of Saints football across the Gulf South. You can stop by between 4 and 8 p.m., talk minicamp, say hi to Bobby, get interviews from Christian Garrick because you don't want to interview from Bobby, really. Those are everywhere. Get some, get some interviews from Christian. You can join the Cajun Cannon and Garrick at Rouses New Market in Gulfport presented by Cadillac of Covington and WWL. And then on Thursday, you can meet Bobby A. Bear and Christian at – well, yeah, Cadillac of New Orleans. I'm going to bring a minicamp edition of Sports Talk Live again from 4 to 8 p.m. They'll drill down on practice, recap all of that. They'll have sound. 4 to 8 p.m., Cadillac of New Orleans. A member of the Benson Group of Dealers. That one on Thursday at 3100 Lime Street in Metairie right here on WWL. Also, just a note, if you want to see the Stones in concert, and a lot of our audience does, they're bringing their no-filter tour to New Orleans on July 14th, so about a month away at the Superdome. You've got to be there, and we've got the tickets for you. We're talking really good seats, too, in the lower bowl. They're valued at over $500 a pair. It's big-time tickets, big-time value. You can enter to win those tickets by going to wwl.com slash contest and register to win by midnight this month on June 30th, at the end of the month on June 30th. One person is going to win those. You can see the Stones in concert, once-in-a-lifetime bucket list experience from us here at WWL. Let's go to the phone lines at 504-260-1870. Derek in Gonzalez. How's it going tonight, Derek? Hey, Seth. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Got to get lots of topics today. These are fun shows when you're bouncing around everything, Derek. Exactly. Well, I just wanted to say I already got my tickets for the Stones already. Oh, but there you go. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to ask. I, I'm excited. I just wanted to get your opinion. Do you think Jared Cook is going to make a big difference in our offense? I think he really is to me. But I just wanted to get your opinion just to see if we're on the same page. All right, I'll give you my honest opinion on this, Derek. I want to slow every horse that's way out in front of this cart right now on the Jared Cook bandwagon because I see it everywhere, everywhere with this. And I've just seen enough of Jared Cook in his career to know he's a good tight end 
He's going to be an upgrade on what the Saints had. So I guess the, the technical answer to your question is, or is, is he going to help improve the Saints offense from last year? Well, at that position, yes. This is not taking shots at Ben Watson. But Ben Watson was at the tail end of his career. He's playing now in New England. But Jared Cook's going to be a better pass-catching tight end than Ben Watson was. But Ben Watson's not turning into the second coming of Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski. He's just not. He's just not. And I, and I, I do see these stories, and I, I heard it out there today. I was talking to multiple people that said, and I, I, because of my schedule, I show up to like the last hour of practice or so around there and I'm not there for the early parts but people that were there at the early parts said he was making catches against some of the the rookie guys in the secondary I think it was Chauncey Gardner Johnson he kind of posted him up in the secondary somebody was telling me and made a catch you can see just the size advantage there that gives you kind of an example of the physical skills and tools and assets that Jared Cook has but I'm just telling you folks and we hear this all the time in in football offseason in this country because we, we crave football, whether that's college or NFL, 24-7, 365. We make mountains out of these little molehills. It happened with Matt Canada a couple of years ago with LSU. It happened with Joe Burrow last year for LSU. Everybody acting like he's going to be the second coming of Cam Newton or Russell Wilson, one of these transfer quarterbacks that comes in and wins you a national title. And he wasn't. And Joe Burrow was not good in the biggest part of the schedule last year for LSU. I, I refuse. I don't care what anybody else does. They run their shows, write their pieces, tweet out their comments. But here on this show, I refuse to get sucked up into this hype train. I just I just do. And if you look at Jared Cook's career, I'm not trying to take unwarranted shots at the guy. I, I'm really not. I'm just telling you what I see from a career perspective. Jared Cook, when he signs new contracts, when he gets paid, when he's not in a contract year, his production goes down. Go look it up. That's not me just saying that, like spouting off things I'm not talking about here. Go look at pro football reference and his stats. You'll see the same thing. Well, that was a very long-winded answer, but... Yes, I think he's going to be an upgrade. Do I think he's going to be some superstar tight end? No. Maybe he'll make me wrong. I don't know. We'll come back to this. If he turns into some all-pro receiver that's catching you know, 80 passes for 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns, I'll be the first one on this program to say I was, I was wrong. Just like I said I was wrong about Christian McCaffrey when he was drafted by the Panthers. I thought that was a reach. I didn't think he'd be a great pro back. Certainly looks like he is. We'll see. We'll see. Good question, though. Elwin, downtown. What's going on tonight, Elwin? Hey, man, I'm in there for the Rolling Stones. I'm going to roll with the Stones. <laughs> roll, roll with the Stones, man. Where are you sitting? What part of the, what part of the dome? Uh, I think I'm sitting in the middle level. Nice. Oh, that's, that's a good level. Those are, those are the premier seats, right? Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. What's up tonight? You want to talk a little Saints, Elwin? Well, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. How many linebackers they going to keep? Do you know? And how many running backs they going to keep? Okay. Well, uh, how many running backs do they usually keep? Usually, it's three plus a fullback. Now, it depends on your special teams contributions. When they had Daniel Lasco playing special teams, I want to say they they kept four backs, but usually it's at least three plus a fullback. And then uh, you said linebackers, it's at, at least five, usually six. But that's that's guys who don't contribute on special teams. I mean. Look, that, that's a very nuanced question that I'm not trying to dodge your question, Ellen. But you got to tell me, what's the special teams roster look like? Who's on your kick coverage team? Who's on your punt coverage team? Who's on your return teams? And that all factors in. So, um, yeah, I, we just got to wait to see that. That's going to be a training camp question, not really a mini camp question. 
All right, let's play a little sports lips here. We've got Logan Falgu behind the glass. We missed this last night, so we got to catch up. It'll be about uh, well, three or four minutes. We do this most nights, although we missed it last night because the NBA Finals are just too good. Just like Mad Libs. We've got some sports topics. I haven't seen these. We try to riff these off the fly. Logan's got some statements blank in there, and you're going to help me fill in these blanks. You can play along on the text line at 870-870. What you got, Logan? Well, uh, to start off here, we got some questions as well as the fill in the blanks. So, uh, but those are more towards the end. But uh, without further ado, let's get underway here. Let's do it. Uh, this AD trade means blank for the Pelicans. Everything for the Pelicans. This is the moment. And I know, you know, you could say moment 1B was them winning the lottery and getting Zion. But this is the moment, even with Zion, that's going to determine where you are in four, five, six years down the road. It's incredibly important. So this is everything for the Pelicans, what this trade ends up looking like. All right, next one up here. Blank will be the energy going into this Saints season. Championship or bust. Energy. BDE energy, if you know what that is. I don't know, it's late night radio, you can do that. But yeah, this is this is the season, kind of like for the Pelicans. It's, it's everything. This Anthony Davis trade, this is kind of it. I mean, this is kind of their last best shot with Drew Brees, now 40 years old, in the last year of his contract. Michael Thomas, last year of his contract. A lot of these young guys coming up for contract. I'm not saying that they can't compete for titles in the future, but this is their last best chance with this group. What would Zion's impact be on the Pelicans? Generational. And I'm just being honest here. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I have not seen a talent like this in the NBA, enter the NBA since LeBron James, from a physical standpoint. A lot of people say, well, he's the best prospect since Anthony Davis. Well, that's true, but it's also, you go back further than that, I mean, this is the best prospect in the NBA since LeBron James. This is a generational get for New Orleans, and I hope uh, you know, they spend those years with Zion better than they did with Anthony Davis. All right, next one up here we have, People are overlooking blank in sports coverage right now. Ah, Women's World Cup. That's easy. And I, it, I, you could barely find coverage of it other on social media today because he had all these mini camps going on. You had the NBA Finals, Kevin Durant's injury, the Anthony Davis trade news. The Women's World Cup is really, really fun. And I know I'm instantly going to get the soccer haters on the text line. I don't care. I enjoy it. The majority of sports fans in the country enjoy it so you're in the minority if you don't go check the polls i'm in the majority and it's rising so go enjoy the women's world cup this is a team that's favored to win it and it's really darn fun especially when they get to the knockout stages all right and last one up here we have should action be taken by the nba against people who cheer injuries that's tough i would say no i just don't know how you do that i mean this it doesn't really rise to the level of them grabbing i think it was kyle lowry who went into the stands cursing at him that kind of stuff or when when the fan was shouting racist things out in utah against russell westbrook my initial reaction is no to that even though i found it vile and disgusting so i'll just stick with that no all right and that's it all right thanks logan sports libs in the books you can play on the text line 870 you want to send us your answers we've got a great moment as in coming up bob myers general manager of the warriors breaking down in tears talking about Kevin Durant's injury. If you didn't hear it before, if you hadn't, even if you had, stick around. We had a poll up on WWL.com, our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll. Do you think that violent crime committed by football players is a serious problem? 70% of you said yes. And I've teased this topic the last couple of days. We just had too many news and things to get to here. But um, you had multiple 
really high-level football players being either charged with or convicted of big-time crimes, murder, rape, last couple of days. It's a conversation that's pretty deep and serious that I want to get to when we have a little more time. But 70% of you saying yes on the text line, agreeing with me. want to thank all of our guests tonight, including Roger Gonzalez of CBS Sports, Steve Court, Daniel Salerson, Jake Madison on the program. Great lineup of guests. Also want to thank Logan Falgu behind the glass, our studio producer here tonight. Tim Zimmer booked the show, also did a little sports book. Sports Talk, he's at Tim Zim 1613. Uh, ben Mintz was on the program, mixing it up with Ben Mintz. Always fun to talk to him. If you missed any of the show, you can follow us on the podcast and get the podcast every night on demand, www.com, radio.com app, and you can just subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts if you want. So I get a lot of the show. We're back tomorrow at 8 o'clock. We'll be covering Saints minicamp. If anything breaks with the Pelicans and Anthony Davis trade negotiations, we'll have that for you. And we'll be following Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. It's Boston and St. Louis. Game 7 in Boston. I don't know, Steve Court, if you're listening, you'll be into that pretty hot and heavy as well. I'm Seth Dunlap. That's going to do it for our show. You can follow me on Twitter, at Seth Dunlap. You can follow us on Twitter, at WWLAMFM. We're going to hand it off to Beyond Reality Radio. And as always, I leave you with our moment of zen. Here is Warriors General Manager. Please listen to this. It's, it's good stuff. Warriors General Manager Bob Myers, courtesy of Westwood One, right after the Kevin Durant injury in a press conference. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.